In the spirit and celebration of the Beijing Summer Olympics, ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, is happy to present this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. In years past, doctors understood that children rarely suffered ACL injuries. But now we're learning that an injury diagnosis previously reserved for adults is becoming increasingly common in children. What is the most frequent cause of ACL injuries in children, and how can we best counsel a young patient who suffers an ACL injury? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, professor of surgery at Chicago Medical School, and our guest today is Dr. Min Coker, associate professor of orthopedic surgery at Harvard Medical School and associate director of the Division of Sports Medicine at the Children's Hospital in Boston. Welcome, Dr. Coker. Thank you, Dr. Hill. Today we are discussing the rise in diagnosis of ACL injuries in children. Dr. Coker, how do you explain the rise in diagnosis of ACL injuries in children? Well, I think it's multifactorial. I think it's something we are recognizing can happen in children and adolescents, whereas we didn't think it, we saw this injury in this age group before. I also think there's increased diagnostic accuracy with the use of MRI and arthroscopy. And then socially, I think youth sports has changed tremendously. I think kids are playing with higher intensity, higher competitive levels, and maneuvers at younger and younger ages. So is it the amount of force involved? In general, we see two types of ACL patterns, non-contact and contact patterns. So as kids are getting bigger and stronger uh, at earlier ages, the contact injuries are increasing. But with the non-contact injuries, I think it's more related to the intensity and the amount of playing that they're doing that, that's driving that type of injury. Well, what are we talking about in terms of which sports and what age? I think in terms of the age question first, you know, probably the biggest group is the adolescent group. So 14 to 18-year-old high school-aged ACL tears. That is a frequent thing that we see in our clinics. Now, I think the move is we're seeing a lot of ACL tears in the middle school kids. So the 11 to 14-year-old, 12 to 14-year-old kids. And what's really concerning is the number of ACL tears we're starting to see in older school, grammar school age kids, so fourth, fifth, and sixth grade kids who are tearing their ACLs. Why are these youngsters tearing their ACLs? How can they be doing this? It's a real change in injury pattern. I think certainly when I was training in the pediatric orthopedic dogma was that kids didn't tear their ACLs. They would get an avulsion fracture of the ACL. They would fracture the tibial eminence where the ACL inserts on the upper end of the tibia and they wouldn't tear their ligament. And we see kids still get that injury, but now they're tearing the ligament them itself. Again, I think it's increased recognition that kids are getting these injuries. I think we're using MRI. It's widespread now, so we're seeing these injuries more with imaging. And then I think that if you look at the way youth sports has changed, I think the forces on the knees are, are much higher and the demands are higher at an earlier age. So MRI is the best way to detect this? Well, I think I teach the residents that we have this brand-new high-tech diagnostic tool called the physical exam. So I think physical exam is still the key. So, you know, you'll see a, a kid with a swollen knee. They've got increased laxity on their anterior drawer or Lachman test. Their knee may pivot. So the physical exam is still very, very accurate. And then MRI is very sensitive and very specific for 
ACL tears. Now, years passed. Did we just not recognize that they tore their ACLs, or didn't they really tear their ACLs? Good question. I don't think we know the answer to that. I think there were kids, middle school and high school, who injured their knees. You know, they were probably treated in a, their x-rays are negative. They were treated in a cast for a period of time. Their knees stiffened up a little bit, but they still were unstable. These kids were told they just have a trick knee and they kind of modified their activities and later in adulthood would be diagnosed with a chronic ACL tear. So they probably were going on and were under-recognized uh, compared to today. Well, how many of these do you see? I do about 170, 160 ACL reconstructions a year, and over 100 of those would be in kids with open growth plates or sort of age 16 in males or 14, 15 in and females and younger. And, and the most common sport or activity that causes this? For our practice, probably the most common sports are soccer and basketball, skiing, and football would probably be the most common ones. Is there any reason to believe that because it seems that these adolescents are much bigger and stronger, that this contributes to the injury rate? I think it does. I think it's easy to understand that in contact ACL injuries. And I think it makes sense in the non-contact injury as well, because you're seeing kids with larger muscle forces, so they're putting greater forces across the developing joint. So we're seeing, you know, in addition to ACL tears, we're seeing increased prevalence and incidence of meniscal injuries, articular cartilage injuries, growth plate injuries as well. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and with me today is Dr. Min Coker, Associate Professor of Orthopedic Surgery at Harvard Medical School and Associate Director of the Division of Sports Medicine at the Children's Hospital in Boston. We are discussing the rise in diagnosis of ACL injuries in children. Dr. Coker, it had been thought in the past that boys are more prone to this injury than girls. Well, what does the data really show? The data are very interesting. I think the absolute number of ACL injuries is still higher in males than females because of the increased participation purely in terms of numbers. So the risk is itself is higher in females than in males. And this was really brought to light about five years ago in some studies done through the NCAA surveillance, injury surveillance system. And this showed that there was a four to eight times higher risk for college female basketball and soccer players to tear their ACL compared to the male players per exposure. That sort of study has been carried down into now high school and middle school, and it seems to hold out that the female soccer and basketball players have an increased risk four to eight times higher of tearing their ACL than their male counterparts. Why? Again, a lot of research going on into this area and multifactorial. I think there are anatomic issues, so the ligament itself is smaller, the intercondylar notch, so the distal femur, the space where the ACL occupies is more narrow in females and males, and that may predispose it to injury. There's been a lot of interest in hormonal factors, so some studies have shown that Tearing the ACL in females is more common during certain periods of the menstrual cycle, and there are hormone receptors on the ACL. And then there are probably some neuromuscular factors, which actually is where people have been putting their emphasis because these are the most modifiable factors. But the way females land compared to males, neuromuscular reaction times, muscle imbalances between the quadriceps and the hamstrings. Now, we've heard more and more about steroid use that athletes, young athletes, 
use this. Does this play a role at all in, in these younger athletes, the use of, of steroids? I think it's unclear. In our practice, we have primary care sports medicine physicians as well who have a real interest in nutrition and ergogenic agents. I think we only really see the tip of the iceberg in terms of ergogenic agents that our adolescent athletes and patients are using. There is certainly anabolic steroid use among adolescent athletes. It's not clear if anabolic steroids per se weaken ligaments, but the increased uh, muscle strength and bulk could put more forces on the ligament and could contribute to that injury. Well, Dr. Coker, uh, do you see a fair number of adolescent athletes uh, using steroids? You know, I think it's hard for them to admit it. I think in questionnaires that are anonymous, there is admission of use of anabolic steroid. I couldn't give you the exact percentage per sport, but they are out there and they're using it. And I think alarmingly, they're starting to use other things as well. So EPO and endurance athletes, human growth hormone, and other things. I think there's a lot of interest among the kids in these ergogenic agents, and it's big in the media. A lot of the kids are taking nutritional supplements, creatine, and other protein powders. So it's it's certainly out there. I think it depends on how you ask and how you approach this with your patients. Considering the significance of an injury to a child, should we just tell children below a certain age not to do certain activities to limit their risk? I think it would be better to look at risky activities and ACL prevention instead of telling the kids not to do sports altogether. I mean, there's a lot of benefits of kids being involved in athletics, Uh, increased bone health, lower cardiovascular risk, decreased rates of obesity, better self-esteem, better success later in life, a good peer group, good self-identity. So there's lots of reasons for kids to be doing sports. I think the question is, probably that's more important, is how can they be doing it safely. Are there braces that these young people can use that will prevent this injury? There are no braces. There's no study that has shown an effect of a brace prophylactically in preventing ACL tears. There are studies, and we've done studies, that have shown that if you've torn your ACL and your knee is loose and you use an ACL brace, that can help prevent injury to other structures such as meniscus and articular cartilage. There are also studies that are done, particularly in football linemen at West Point and in the NFL, that show that using a brace can help prevent injury to the MCL, the medial collateral ligament. But clinically, you know, MCL injuries are not such a bad problem. They heal almost all the time without surgery and don't have long-term sequelae. Well, when we look back in years to kids who perhaps had tears of their ACL, but the diagnosis was not made... What's the natural history of an untreated ACL injury? Well, the natural history is not good. So the knee has increased laxity, and typically there are re-injury episodes with the knee giving out and pivoting. And during these re-injury episodes, you can tear the meniscus, the shock absorber cartilage in the knee. You can tear the articular cartilage, the smooth bearing cartilage in the knee. And once you start to chew up the meniscus and the articular cartilage, then you're really at risk for developing arthritis down the line. So there's lots of old athletes with torn ACLs before the days of reconstruction who ended up with a degenerative arthritis, Joe Namath and others, just to name a few. To talk about the pediatricians who see the young adults with a knee injury, should they all be referring them to orthopedic surgeons because they may have subtle ACL injuries? Well, I think there are knee injuries that are more minor and can be treated and heal without seeing the orthopedic surgeon, and then there are knee injuries that are more major and require attention by the orthopedic surgeon. So the key is really 
in separating those out. I think for the pediatrician that sees a kid who twisted their knee playing soccer, they come to their office with a painful swollen knee. I think the key is getting an x-ray to make sure there isn't a fracture, doing an exam, and then coming up with a differential diagnosis. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Min Coker, Associate Professor of Orthopedic Surgery at Harvard Medical School. And we have been discussing the rise of diagnosis of ACL injuries in children. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, now featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening. You have been listening to Focus on Sports Medicine, part of this month's special series on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals.